Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the River Community Church podcast. If you want more information about the church or things that are going on, you can visit therivercc.com or you can check out our app at app.therivercc.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Steve Taboo. Good morning. All right, well, we added about 50 more chairs last week to make a little bit more space, so maybe you got a little more elbow room. As always, there's room on the front row over here and over here. So, you know, if you had trouble finding spot, listen, just feel free. I, I won't pick on you too much, uh, just a little bit sometimes, right? We're glad you're here with us this morning. Those watching online, we're glad you're joining us as well. We are continuing our sermon series called Chain Reaction, how little things, as they come together, can explode and make huge change. We looked the first week at fasting and how it could set off like a nuclear change in our lives, and it's been so fun talking to different people who are different, uh, fasting different things. Uh, as I've talked to different people this morning, just talked to somebody, they're fasting coffee and talking about how they're also fasting social media and, and how the time together is, is giving them more time to pr- focus and pray on the future and giving them clarity. Talking to somebody else and as they're, they're focusing and, and fasting on uh, media as well and just how they're dedicating that time to the Lord and, and just the clarity it's given them. And I would just say to you, that's the goal. The goal is for focus and clarity to hear from the Lord and today is no different. Today, we're challenging you to take small steps to start serving day by day, making an impact in this world. You may never get to be a famous person. You may never get invited to change the world, but you just don't ever know. And the question is, are you doing the daily disciplines, what it takes, so that if you do get called up to that situation, you'll be ready? I'll throw out a couple names. Let's see how many of you have. Heard of these faiths? How many of you heard of Rick Stanton and Don Volantum? Anybody heard Rick and Don? Couple of folks, couple of folks. Uh, maybe uh, how about Vern Unsworth? You heard of Vern? One or two? Okay. Who are these people? Well, June twenty third, a chain reaction was begun that impacted our world. It started off very simple. A twenty five year old soccer coach said to his 11 to 16-year-old soccer team, hey, let's go caving. It'll be fun activity. And they set off in Thailand, where they lived, to go caving. They climb in a cave, and all of a sudden, while they're in the cave, unbeknownst to them, a monsoon takes place, floods the place. This is the picture of the kids when they were first found after 10 days in a cave. The families realized the kids were gone missing. They found their bikes at the head of the cave. They called the national government, and the national government, thankfully, was humble enough to acknowledge that they needed more than just their own expertise. Mr. Unsworth lived in the community, and he was a professional cave diver. He met with the authorities and said, listen, you need professional cave divers. They called him in from all over the world. The first two consultants were Mr. Stanton, who was a retired fireman, So he's somebody, even in his retirement, he stayed fit in doing what he loved to do to help others. And then Don Voluntum, his partner, as they came all the way from Great Britain to there to coordinate the rescue effort. 
The rescue effort involved over seven different countries with divers from each of those countries going in to rescue these kids. It took them six days in the dark cave to find the kids. It has seven miles of, of different cave openings and uh, little chambers that go off. took them six days to find them. They all described it as a miracle as they got every child out alive. But during the rescue, they lost one of their own. Probably no one you've ever heard. You ever heard of Sumar Kunan? Well, he's not on your number one or two social influencer list. You see, in today's world, sadly, there's a phrase called influencer, and it's a job description. And it's based on how many, how many followers you have on Instagram and social media. And as I went to look at all the influencers, I'm just telling you what they're influencing for the most part, not all. There was a chef or two in there. There was a, a couple of folks that were, were kind of famous because they did some, some uh, uh, kind of clean mimes and comedy. And, but for the most part, the social influence was negative, in my opinion. It wasn't pointing people to serve and love their neighbors themselves. It was just, how can I look better? How can more people take pictures of me? And how can I be more famous? And today, we live in a day where famous is the goal of so many. But God's goal is not fame. God's goal is that he gets the fame. God's goal is that we worship him and declare him as the ultimate influencer. And I'm not here to bash influencers. I, man, if you can make a couple million dollars by, by getting on YouTube and doing all that stuff, hey, I'll accept your tithe any day. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, you know? But is it honoring God? That's the difference. Are we honoring God in all that we say and do? Today, we're going to look at how serving others and serving God honors him. We're going to look at the teachings of Jesus in, in Matthew 25. You got your Bibles? Go ahead and pull them out. Matthew 25 is where we're at. I'll give you a little context to the passage. In Matthew 24, Jesus has told the disciples how to know when the end of days is coming, when the end of the world is coming. In Matthew 24, he gives them all these things they can look for. They think it's probably going to come in their lifetime. Of course, it didn't. So what well, really, Matthew 24 was for people today, for us to know what those end of days will look like. And then you roll into Matthew 25 in the first 12 verses. He's talking to them there what's important, and what's important is that we're ready, that we're prepared. He talks about these ladies who are supposed to be waiting with their, their lamps lit for the bridegroom to come, and they're supposed to light the way, and half of them aren't prepared, and they don't get invited to the wedding party. And then he goes into this parable, this story, and it's the story of the talents. You may have heard it. I'm going to describe it as, is your yes on the table? That was asked of me at a meeting I was at a long time ago. Is your yes on the table? Meaning, whatever God calls you to do, wherever he calls you to go, are you willing to say yes? It could be something as simple as going next door to your neighbor's house and offering to cut the grass for them because, you know, their husband or, or wife is in the hospital. It could be something as simple as picking up the phone to call somebody going through a divorce just to let them know you care. And that you're there for them. 
It could be something as simple as loving the people where you work, bringing a dozen donuts once a week and just letting them know you care. Or it could be that God does tell you to sell everything you have, pick up your family, move to another country, and begin to preach the gospel in a place where maybe they've never even heard and may not even be interested at the moment. But the question is, will our yes be on the table? Well, the cave rescue was a big deal in a chain reaction because it set off a chain reaction of why can't we all purpose together for the good of mankind? We had this simple situation, 11 unknown students working together to survive, uh, 12 unknown students working together to survive with their coach for 10 days in a cave, and you had people from all around the world seeking to help. We even had a, a, a diver from Thailand, a, a diver from China, UK, Canada, America, all over partnering together. I believe that when we do simple things, day in and day out, pray, read the word, fast, meditate on the word of God, serve the Lord in the local church, that one day we might get called up to that big picture, big need but it may be that we never do, that our big picture, big day is every day. Loving our spouse, loving our coworkers, loving our neighbors, loving our friends, and serving God faithfully behind the scenes like Miss Goslowski. How many of you know Miss Goslowski? Nobody knows Miss Goslowski. Why, she was the best fifth grade Sunday school teacher you ever could have had. She was my fifth grade Sunday school teacher. I'd only go about once a month because uh, my, my family didn't go to church every Sunday uh, or ever, but <laughs> I, I went with friends, and I mainly went to this church with Miss Goslowski, and I remembered her name because it was that long, and she said, you can just call me Mrs. G. And Mrs. G was the best teacher because, man, if you brought your Bible and you said the Bible verse, you got a Snickers bar. I'm just telling you, for a fifth grader, buddy, that was momentum and motive to be there. Miss Goslowski. But I remember her name, even though it was a couple of years ago. Why? Because she was an influencer in the right way. She pointed me to the, to the Lord and to his good things that he had for me. She took her time. I don't know. I'm sure she had plenty of things going on in her life. I'm sure she had challenges in her life with her kids and her family, but she took the time to pour into fifth-grade students, and I got to reap that reward. That's the kind of influence we're talking about today. As God gives us talents, as God gives us ability, using those, there's a, a famous commercial that you've heard of, what, Capital One. What do they always say? What's in your wallet, Right? And they're trying to make you think that all these vacations are in your wallet and all these fun things you can buy is in your wallet because all you do is pull out a piece of plastic and they almost make it look like they're going to pay for it, right? How come they don't ever show somebody sitting there at home like, honey, who spent the $1,200 at Kohl's this month? That's not in the budget. Oh, but dear, Capital One said it was in my wallet. <laughs> I thought it was a great idea. I always love my wife. I tease her about it. She always goes, she'll bring home a bag. She'll go, you want me to tell you how much I saved today? 
Right? Is that what you say, baby? And I'll always go, no, I just want to know how much you spent today. And my wife's a great shopper, does a great job for our family. But we joke about that because which one is it? It's the same, almost, right? Well, let me tell you, God has put stuff in your wallet. He has equipped you and prepared you for every good work that he wants you to do. The question is, will our yes be on the table? When the Lord speaks to us and says, this is where I want you to serve, will you say, yes, Lord? So you got your Bibles. We're just going to start with a couple of verses, Matthew. We're going to start with 13. Actually, we'll just start with 14. Uh, Matthew 25, verse 14 says this. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another one, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing in proportion to the abilities that he left on his trip. Simple passage, simple start. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you give us each bags of silver, talents, spiritual gifts, experiences. And Lord, we have the privilege of using those resources for your glory. God, I, so many times I, I hear people say, well, I just don't know that I have any spiritual gifts. I just don't know that I can do anything for the Lord. And Lord, that is a lie from the devil. Lord, you have given us these resources for your glory. And I pray that today we'd be inspired and that you would point us towards where you want us to make a difference in the world. Pray that in Jesus' name, amen. All right, you got your listening guide there. Uh, the first thing that we want to look at is that God has entrusted you with big resources. Now, the the New Living Translation here says five bags of silver, two bags of silver. Uh, another translation actually says bags of gold. Another translation uses the term talent. Uh, what, what does that mean? Well, the, the original meaning is it was 20 years wages. So a talent or a bag of gold or a bag of silver, 20 years wages. So instead they gave the first guy one talent, one two talents, one five talents, one guy got 20 years wages, one got 40 years wages, one got 100 years wages to invest while the boss was gone. How cool would that be? Like, has anybody here been trusted with $5 million when your boss went to Europe to do business? Just said, hey, you invest that wisely while I'm gone. I trust you to build the business while I'm gone. I mean, I hadn't had that opportunity. I mean, if y'all want to trust me with a couple million, I'll do my best, right? Right? You would too, Okay. Well, that's what he did. He entrusted them. Now, notice, it was always the boss's money. It was God's money. Jesus used this in an illustration how God gives us resources. And what you need to see is that God's given you resources. He's put inside of you gifts and talents. He's given you experiences in your life that other people don't have. And he takes all of that along with your personality and your passions, squishes it together, and uses you to throw a strike every time. 
you have these gifts. And listen, the devil tells you. The devil beats you down, right? Well, you're nobody. You, you don't talk good. You don't know the right answers. You couldn't do that. You've only been a Christian this long. You can't do that. You don't like being in front of people. You can't do that. And they get the devil puts all those excuses in your head. And those are all lies that he just wants to steal your joy and take your purpose. God's intention is that we take what he's poured inside of us over our lives and we use it to help other people who aren't quite there yet. Maybe it's children. Maybe it's children in the children's ministry. Maybe it's at the rescue mission, working with homeless people. Maybe it's youth, teenagers. I was talking to somebody who took this attitude, was coaching, and they were talking about, well, it was somebody who was telling me about their, their football coach and how their football coach that they were friends with got more Father's Day cards, even though he only had one child. But every year he got a ton of Father's Day cards from all these football players who said, you're the only dad I had. You taught me what it was to be a man. Because his goal was not to build football players. His goal was to build men of God. See, whatever you do, wherever you live, work, or play, God wants to interact with you and show you how you can serve the people around you and make an impact and make a difference. It's not okay for us to coast. God has entrusted us with these big resources, and God wants to use them for his glory. Well, how do we do that? We find a place to serve. We jump in. We make a difference. Just start somewhere. I have people say, well, I don't know where to start. Listen, when I became a Christian, I didn't know where to start. I remember they asked me to help with vacation Bible school as a new Christian. I remember they didn't give me any instructions, and sometimes it happens, and I thought, they, I thought well, I'll just do what I know what to do. They said, I'm, I'm in charge of playtime with the kids. It's like third grade boys. So I loaded up all my old toys that I had. I put them in a big cut-off refrigerator box and took them with me to do vacation Bible school that week, and I just pulled them out and played with the kids. I don't know that I was a success or failure, but I just started with what I had and did what I could do. And so many times we, we have this mindset in America, professionalism, and we got to know everything. You don't. You've got to have a willing heart and God equips you to be his hands and feet in this community. And we need people behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, all around, right? All right. Now, in, I put some scripture passages on there. 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10, uh, Romans 12, 6 through 8. And what those are are all different passages that mention spiritual gifts that you can have, okay? I'm just going to hit them all real quick. Because I think it's important for you to see the, the breadth of the spiritual gifts. So wisdom, spiritual gift. Knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues, interpretation of tongues, apostleship or missionary gift, teaching, helps. Did you know helps is a gift? You're the kind of person that says, I just like to serve behind the scenes. Let me tell you, that's a spiritual gift. You like that. You like to just get in there and just kind of serve behind the scenes. That's great. We have people that show up at 6.30 every Sunday morning and make the coffee. That's what they love to do, serve behind the scenes. 
There's opportunities all throughout ministries to serve behind the scenes. Administration, you like to organize stuff? You can use that for the glory of God. Listen, first service, I was late coming down the stage because I couldn't find my Bible. I, I mean, it's pretty silly that I take and put it in the same color Bible as all the others, right? I st stuff my notes in there, but I do, but I do, and it never fails. <laughs> I get ready to come out, and I'm like, oh, no, where's my Bible? Somebody help me find my Bible. And uh, I do not have the gift of administration. I'm like a negative seven in that gift. So I need people like that around me. But my gift is evangelism. I love, man, I was at the gas station yesterday, saw a guy I hadn't seen in a while. I coached him in soccer. So I'm like, okay, God, this must be what you want me to do. So I just start talking to him about the Lord and asking him where he's at. That's, that's the way God's wired me. He's not wired everybody that way. I get it. Everybody's called to evangelize, but... Some people have the gift. Everybody's called to give. Giving's another gift. Some people are just, man, they love to give. That's like what they live for. I have them come to me whenever I do man camp, and I have guys come to me and go, hey, pastor, if any kid needs to go, you let me know. I got it covered. They've got the gift of giving. They want to make sure that everybody is blessed. And maybe you have the gift of encouragement. Did you know that was one? That comes out of Romans 12. Leadership is a gift that we can use for good or evil, Right? You know, there's just some people, they walk in the room, and in 10 minutes, you know that they're going to lead something. Now, they'll either lead people in a good way or a bad way, but they're going to lead. Mercy, mercy is a spiritual gift. Shepherding, hospitality. Man, we, we, you know how many people we feed here a week? We feed all our youth. We feed all our college students. Uh, we, we partially feed our, our singles ministry at Source. We... We do all this every week, like over 300 people sometimes. And we've got people with the gift of hospitality that are willing to serve, volunteer their time so that we can minister to people. Pretty awesome. And then intercession. Man, if you're a prayer warrior, we need your gift. Uh, you heard me say last week, I think we had 148 freedom prayer sessions last year, last year praying for people to get breakthroughs in their lives. And then, of course, there's the famous one called celibacy. You know, I don't know if anybody thinks they have that gift. I remember when I first heard that gift mentioned in college, I was like, oh, please know Jesus. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I wanted to learn about spiritual gifts real quick. I was like, how do I know that I don't have that gift? And uh, the, the leader was like, does it scare you to think you might have it? I was like, yeah. He's like, you ain't got it. I was like, okay, all right, all right. That's what I want to know. Uh, so all these different gifts are for different purposes. Nobody's got all those gifts. And so I just want you to know you have been blessed. Just like these workers were blessed with a million, two million, five million, you have been blessed with these different gifts. But it's not for your own good. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace we've been saved through faith, and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, so that no man can boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So you're not saved because you do a bunch of stuff for Jesus. That's not what changes your heart. What changes your heart is what Jesus does for you when he served you by dying on the cross and rescuing you and I from our sins. But after we're saved, these good works are how we honor God. These fruits of our labor, how we make a difference in the world, how we serve one another, that makes the difference. 
and that's the blessing we get to have. But God has given us the resources we need to do it. Second thing, God rewards us and celebrates us when we use our gifts for his purposes. Now, how cool is this? Uh, Let's read verses 19 and following. Just listen to how God blesses these folks as they have honored him. After a long time, their master returned from the trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I'll give you more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Paul's right there. How did he do? Was the master mean and conniving and vicious like he's about to be accused of by the third servant? Or was he encouraging, affirming, and kind? Right? Listen, God has given us these gifts, and he is the best encourager, coach, father we could have. And he wants to pour into you, and he wants to celebrate you. We like to celebrate our volunteers here. I like to just go alongside and say, man, thank you so much for serving. You have made a difference. We just had uh, this last week and a couple more weeks, we're going to be passing out just some goodies, just some, some blessings to our volunteers that serve and just a way to say thank you guys for serving. And normally we do a, a once a year banquet for our volunteers, a volunteer appreciation banquet and just a way to love on people, just say thank you. Because really, if you're volunteering you're serving, you're the one that's making this chain reaction. As you're touching lives, those lives are being further carried on for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the key is we notice that God is a good, good father. He's given us the resources, and he wants to honor and celebrate us as we serve. And when we do, he wants to give us more opportunities to serve. And I I talk to so many people who struggle with what their purpose is in life and finding meaning in life. And I believe that when you pour your life into the Lord and just put your yes on the table, say, Lord, wherever you want me to go, yes. Wherever you want me to serve, yes. It'll be an adventure. He'll lead you from here to there and who knows where. And he never lets you get real comfortable in the fact like, hey, I've landed. I I don't know if I'll be here 10 years from now, five years from now. My yes is on the table. I want to always be willing to do whatever God tells me to do. I hope to be here till I, you know, retire. But if the Lord leads me tomorrow and says, hey, you know, those kids get out of your house in three years, now's your chance to go be a full-time career missionary in Northeast Africa. Okay, Lord, here we go. Right, honey? Yeah, I knew knew she'd give me that smile. Like, yeah, baby. Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Uh, Is your yes on the table? Third thing, 
is that God disciplines the lazy. This is a, whew, this last part. You can't skip this last part. This is part of what Jesus is saying. Because sometimes I have people say, oh, Jesus, he was just like this happy kind of guy that just gave you money and stuff and miracles and never asked anything out of his followers. Not true. Jesus was such a great instructor because he taught us that it's not all what we want, but we're called to die to ourselves and, and serve. And that's where the rewards come from, not from serving ourselves. Now let's look at what the person who had one talent that did nothing with it. Says then, now by the way, he took seven verses to describe this situation. Then the servant came with the one bag of silver and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant, gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant Give it to the one with 10 bags of silver. To the one, to those who use well what was given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow. Let's look at this first. What does he do first when, when he brings the money? He, he does the blame game, doesn't he? You see that? Well, you're the wicked master. It's your fault I didn't do anything with all these resources because I knew you're a taskmaster and mean. Boy, making excuses from the get-go, right? Do we do that to God? Yes, we do, don't we? Well, Lord, I was going to serve you, but boy, I was really busy on Saturday. There were three NFL games I couldn't miss that day. Lord, I, I, I wanted to serve you, but... Lord, that time you needed me to study, I, I just had to do more stuff for me because I was busy. Lord, I wanted to, to, to move where you told me to move and be obedient to where you told me to go, but, you know, Lord, it's, it costs a lot of money to rent a truck these days. Have you checked the price of U-Haul? And we all got our excuses. I know I had my excuses. As I was growing up as a young boy, they called me Elmer Fudd because I couldn't say my R's. Who I mean, even remember Elmer Fudd? Let's start there, okay? Oh, about half of you, okay. It's all, go, go back and just Google all you young folks, just Google El, Elmer Fudd, okay? They'll have all these little cartoons. He's trying to kill the wastily wabbit, cause he, and uh, Elmer Fudd can't talk, so he, he never could say his R's. And so as a child, they would tease me and say, I was Elmer Fudd. And then after I got saved, you know, I started thinking what God might have for me, and and then I remember, I think it was my junior year, I was going around selling these bells, and they were called Mary Bells. But I couldn't say the word Mary. I'd say Mary Bells. And I'd go room to room selling Mary Bells. I'll never forget one of my coaches, when I came in to sell Mary Bells, he said, oh, hey, everybody, Steve's back today to sell Mary Bells. And the whole room just laughed at me. And I remember that moment like it was yesterday. You had those moments? where all of a sudden you felt like you couldn't do anything in life because there's something wrong with you. I'm just here to tell you, Jesus doesn't make junk. 
but I used that as an excuse. As he began to nudge my heart to start loving ministry more and more, I was like, no, nah, Lord, you gave me this goofy voice. You gave me this speech impediment. I didn't choose it, so it must be that you don't want me to be a preacher or a youth pastor. I had my excuse. It was all so neatly packaged, right? In my back pocket, I could always pull it out. And then I went to this youth conference with this guy named David Ring, who had cerebral palsy spoke. And he had a horrible voice. You had to listen closely and when he talked because he couldn't say a lot of words. And then he got to the climax and he talked about his calling and he, he said, you know, God called me to preach and I've got cerebral palsy. And I said, Lord, I, I'll do whatever you want and here I am. He said, I had cerebral palsy. It's my excuse. What's yours? Woo! Holy Spirit, get off my back. You know what I'm saying? And that day, the Lord spoke to me and said, today's your day. Are you going to step out? And I did. And I mean, still, if I talk fast, I'll, you'll hear my speech impediment come out. But for the most part, more and more, the Lord's begin removing any of those barriers whatsoever. Well, question is, will your yes be on the table today? We've got somebody that their yes is on the table. I've asked them to come and just share briefly their story of what God's doing in their life. Uh, Jimmy Thorpe, been with us 15 years. And uh, Jimmy leads worship for us, has a heart for God. And I challenge our team all the time, put your yes on the table. Jimmy, where you at? Don't leave me, don't leave me hanging. <laughs> and uh, God's doing something in Jimmy's heart. And I wanted y'all to hear it because I want you to know that our challenge to everybody in our church, whatever place you're in, is that your yes is on the table. Thanks, Steve. Hi, everybody. How you doing? It's a lot of you today. It's good to see you. Uh, I'm Jimmy Thorpe. I'm the worship pastor here. And I, if you don't know me, and I've been here 15 years, 15 great, amazing years. It's hard to believe. It feels like that long and, and, and 15 days at the same time. Uh, when I got here, my friend Brian Vaughn kind of made some room for me. And I was really thankful for that, really grateful for that, that he would take some time to pull me along and let me kind of see what ministry was like. And, and I didn't know that he and his family were beginning to have a call to go on international mission themselves. So I had no idea what the future was gonna hold for me. But speaking of yeses being on the table, I know that that was a giant step of faith for them to go. And because they were willing, that kind of created an opportunity for me to have a career here for the last 15 years that I've thoroughly enjoyed, and it's been uh, some of the greatest years of my life. And as I'm, you know, I just wanna remind you that I'm just like you. I sit in these chairs, and I hear our pastor, who deserves a lot of credit and honor for his heart, by the way, to um, almost, let's just give a round for Pastor Steve. Um, he, he deserves that honor, and he deserves the recognition of, of uh, the kindness of his heart and the, the commitment to the vision that he has to, to ask even the people that he does life and work with to go and be willing to go. And I'm just like you, I've sat in these chairs and I've heard those messages. If you know Steve Taboo, you know you're gonna hear a message about not burying your talent and going and being sent and being courageous and following the Lord. And I've heard these messages and I've, prayed those prayers and saying, God, is that, is that me? And I've watched friends 
move across the country and across the world. And it's never been easy, but I always knew it was part of the bigger picture and a part of that vision. And so that kind of leads us up to the last year where uh, just personally, my, my wife and I and our family, we're, we're starting to think a little more ahead than we used to. I don't know if you can relate. I, I, I'm the kind of person that thinks about right here, right now, but I'm now starting to think, what about the next five years? What about the next 10 years? What about the next 15 years? And as we began to pray, as hard as it was to hear, we did feel like that this season for us at the river would be drawing to a close, but we, we didn't know, know when. And uh, as we continue to pray in the last four months, I've totally felt uh, uh, upended and, and, and just consumed with thoughts of trying to figure this out and chasing this down in both prayer and fasting and trying to get you know, with people that, that I can trust to talk through. And I, I really do believe that, that, that this time is, is, is coming to a close and it's coming faster than I imagined. Because in uh, a couple months ago, we heard about the new church plant that Brian and Meredith are launching, and we're very excited about that and went to hear about the, the vision and the mission and to support our friends. And as we prayed, as we have prayed over the last 15 years over and over again, uh, Lord, you know, if this is what something we're supposed to do, you know, let us know. And, and we felt very clearly that that's something we're supposed to do. Uh, and I'm excited to, to hear from the Lord. Uh, and if you've ever asked the Lord for something and wanted to hear his voice and you hear him, it's an exciting feeling. And I've learned from Steve and from the people that I work with, when you hear the Lord, you've gotta be courageous and, and full of faith and, and, and quick to obey because anything else is not gonna be great for you because God wants our, our yes on the table and he wants our whole heart. And for me, that yes has been to stay for 15 years and, and plant and work in this particular church in the way that I have. And now my yes looks a little different. I'll be changing my job, and which is a big deal for a, a dad and a father. Uh, I'm excited to take my side hustle and make it a front hustle, if that's a thing. Um, I'm not sure if that's a thing, but I, I, I intend to triple down on, on what I've been working on, which is songwriting and production and all the stuff you know that I'm crazy about. And I'm excited for that and that new season. And I'm excited for the good work that the Lord's gonna do in, in, the, in the new uh, plant that's gonna be on the other side of town. And I'm glad to still be part of the river body and still be part of the river's mission. And that was the big thing that appealed to us when we got here. The first Sunday we attended in the, uh, what was then the new wing, then uh, we were commissioning Baxter. And I just couldn't believe that these people were getting up and going. Like, this seems like an awesome place. Why would you ever leave? And so that's why I'm here today is to not tell you that I'm leaving, but that I'm following Jesus. There's a big difference between leaving something and following Jesus. And so as Pastor Steve comes back out, there he is. Um, I just wanted to say, there's so much to say, and uh, he had to cut me off last time, and I did good this time. <laughs> but I just wanted to say thank you to you. Uh, you have been a friend and a brother and, and an example and an apostle to me, if I can even say such a thing. I hold you in the highest regard. I'm grateful for you. Huh. And uh, thank you for, for um, all that you've done for, for me and my family. And I, I came here when I was 27. I just turned 43, which is crazy. Uh, I feel like a different person, and so much of that is because the love and the help and the support and the ministry we've gotten to do together. Grateful for that. Grateful, thankful, humbled, honored, excited about the future. 
And I gotta turn it back over to you and I gotta ask you that same question. Uh, is your yes on the table? Even if you don't know what's upcoming, even if you're unsure, but you know in your heart the Lord is drawing you towards something new. Well, and I think that's something really key because Jimmy, Jimmy had his yes on the table all along, right? A lot of opportunities came and went. And the Lord said, no, that's not it. That's not it. And so, honestly, I, I didn't see this one coming. I didn't, I didn't see this one coming. But at the same time, I'm excited it came. Not because I'm excited to get rid of Jimmy. Don't get that idea, okay? But it's like I read this leadership book, and it says when, when your staff members leave, sometimes you inwardly celebrate they're gone. Sometimes you kind of go, oh, man, I guess we'll have to find another person. Sometimes you go, oh, man, this is going to be hard. And then sometimes you just run to the bathroom and throw up. And that's kind of what I did. I was like, excuse me, I'll be back in a minute. But it's like he said, we're not losing Jimmy. We're sending Jimmy as he follows our master because his yes is on the table. Can we celebrate that? You still got to play. Now, let me say, you can go ahead and pull the seat. Uh, they're not leaving yet. So you'll see them here for a couple months because the way we do this, we're family. And so when people tell us they're leaving, we don't go good. Here's your two weeks notice. Okay. Yeah. So Jimmy will be with us for a while, uh, at least till the church plant. Uh, unless God opens something else up as far as his, his uh, side hustle that becomes a, a, a front hustle. Okay, so, uh, so the example that you have before you is a man with two kids who has what was the dream job 15 years ago when he started, was to be doing exactly what he's doing. And now the Lord has shifted his family's heart and he's stepping out in faith. What he didn't tell you is, you know, he doesn't know if he's going to get paid anything. He doesn't know if he's going to be the worship pastor there. God hadn't told him all that. He just knows he's supposed to go and serve by vocationally, at least to start with. And his yes is on the table. I just want to ask you, is your yes on the table? Our ushers, if you guys will begin to pass out the tokens. Uh, they're going to pass out these tokens. They're little blue tokens. And I thought I had one in my pocket. I do. Okay. And it simply says, my yes is on the table. We want everybody to get one. And I want you to put it in your pocket. And all this week, if you'll keep it in your pocket, ladies, you're change first, I don't know, wherever you pull in and out of every day. And each day for the next seven days, I want you to ask the Lord each day with a genuine heart, Lord, is my yes on the table? And is there something you've been holding back on, God? Has he been nudging you to take a leap of faith and you've been like, ah? People do that when they're in their 20s, God, not in their 30s or 40s. Hey, Buddy Pearson just joined our, our staff, and he's in his, uh, uh, anyway, he's in his early early days. And, uh, and uh, Dean McKenzie, same thing, stepped out of, Dean, how long did you work at the hospital, brother? 
24 years, had a solid career. The Lord said, it's time, Dean, step out. Put your yes on the table. It's time. Most of our staff are folks that came up from within this body that were serving the Lord faithfully while working another full-time job. And the Lord said, put your yes on the table, and it messed their heads up, but it set their hearts on fire. I'm not going to tell you what God tells you to do. It's going to be fun or easy or attractive to you whatsoever. But I'm going to tell you, it'll be an adventure. It'll be a ride. And if you'll put your yes on the table, man, what God wants to do from this location all throughout the world will be talked about for generations. We've been praying for two weeks already for revival in our city and revival in our state and revival in our world. And these last seven days, don't let up. Keep bringing those prayers before the Lord. Now, some of you are here today and you have yet to meet the greatest servant leader in the history of the world. His name is Jesus. He came and lived on this earth, lived a perfect life, gave his life, died on the cross for your sins and mine, that we might be forgiven, that we might have the grace of this day. And so if you're here today and you do not yet know the love of Christ, at the end of the service, when we dismiss everybody, we'll have people in the back in the prayer room back here you can go and talk back there. We'll have staff members up front and you can come and we'll talk with you and pray with you. We want to equip you to be the hands and feet of Jesus where you live, work, and play. And so the invitation's twofold. Will you put your yes on the table? And if you already know your yes, listen, there's a card right here. You can take it out right now. Or there's a card in front of you at least. Yeah, there's one here too. The card. Maybe you already know where you want to serve. If so, put your yes right there. And then check the box where you want to jump in and serve. Because we've got opportunities. And we'll have somebody call you this week and say, hey, you checked youth ministry. I'd like to do, oh, here's what we're doing, roadside greeter. I was just noticing today. Did anybody have trouble if you came in towards the end, getting in about 10 minutes to, to get around the corner? I thought, man, we need some roadside greeters. Maybe you want to do that. Just a smile and face pointing the direction to help people find parking places. There's so many opportunities. If you know what you want to do, check a box. If not, I challenge you to pray this week. Put your yes on the table. Maybe you want to pick up all the tokens that have been dropped since I started talking. <laughs> for, for those online that haven't heard the tokens drop. We have opportunities for ushers. Maybe you'd like to help us seat people and pass baskets and serve one another. There's so many opportunities. Please put your yes on the table. Take these with you. Pray over it this week and invite the Lord to do a work in your life. If you would stand with me, I'm going to invite the pastors to come to the front and just, if God's speaking to you for more, there again, I've got folks going back to the prayer room right now. They'll be there to talk with you. I'll have pastors up here after the service is over. Just come, talk with us, and we'd love to pour into you. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, today we just come and we say we put our yes on the table. 
Lord, we don't know where it's going to lead us. It scares us to death sometimes. Lord, so many folks in this room, they, they have their plans. Maybe they're like Dean, man, 24 years into the, a career, and maybe they're like the guy that had only three years left to retire after working for the postal service. And he said, I just can't do it anymore. I got to do what God's called me to do. I can't run fast and far enough. God is still there. I don't know what he's saying to you, but start with your yes, and maybe he'll just tell you to invite your next-door neighbor to church. Maybe you'll just put it on your heart to call that friend going through a divorce and tell them you're there to walk with them. Maybe he'll just tell you to be nice to your coworker that is never nice to you. Whatever it is, put your yes on the table. Lord, I, I just pray. I just pray right now, God, that you would pour out your spirit, Lord. And as people are, Lord, I've talked to so many people, they are genuinely asking you for clarity and direction in their life during this time. Lord, they need to hear a whisper, a loud voice, wisdom from a friend, a word to jump off the pages of the Bible. Lord, they, they need your Holy Spirit to give clarity into their lives. And Father, I pray that you would. And then Lord, I pray that all of us, as you speak that clarity in our lives, that we then will have the courage, like Jimmy testified, to say, yes, Lord, my yes is on the table. I will go. I will stay. I will jump. I will run. Whatever it is, Lord, my yes is on the table. I pray this over my, my brothers and sisters in Christ as we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We'll be up here if you want to give your life to the Lord. If you have yet to do that, we have people up front. I'll stay here as long as I need to, listening and praying with anybody. Otherwise, you may go ahead and go. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening today. If you would like more information about the church and what God is doing here through the river, you can visit therivercc.com or you can download our app in the app or Google Play Store. Again, we just want to say thank you for listening, and we hope as you go throughout your week that you are able to love God, love people, and impact the world.